Sandspence Radio, really helpful. Hey, our Dungeons and Dragons podcast, D&Ds for Nerds, is doing a live show on the 28th of May at Next Level Games in Preston. There's like two tickets left when I recorded this, so if you're thinking of coming to see us, go grab them. Also, our sister show, Plumbing the Death Star, well, a father show really, mother show? The good one. It's just released a whole bunch of content on USB cassette tapes. It's basically a USB with a retro look and feel of an old cassette tape, and trust me when I say it would look just real great on your shelf. It has 135 episodes of Plumbing the Death Star, some of which haven't been released yet, as well as the first 30 episodes of Movie Maintenance and an exclusive 14-part Dinosaur Park role-playing adventure. They're all ad-free and a nice way to store a bunch of our shows without the hassle of having to re-download. All the details are in the show notes, and for the next day or so, Public are having a site-wide sale of all their t-shirts, which includes a bunch of our stuff. So, if you've ever wanted a How Good tea or the Plumbing the Death Star logo, but only wanted to spend 14 bucks, then do I have the solution for you. Just head to tpublic.com slash stores slash sanspantsradio and buy as many t-shirts as you can. And then buy a second set just for Nan. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some topics just need discussing. Today we're looking at superhero films. I am so high. So in the last what month we've had BVS, we've oh, had yes, Civil we War. I try not to remember that. <laughs> and uh, by the time this podcast is out, but not by the time we're recording it, um, X Men Apocalypse will have also have aired. So in the space of like almost yeah, in a month we've had just four month, yeah. really big comic book films. Uh, superhero films and before that we had Deadpool yeah 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 and then before that just try to list the ones this year I bet you won't be able to name all uh, of them I'm say Fantastic Four we got more coming yeah and Fantastic oh, which has got a sequel what yeah no oh, they haven't con- they haven't confirmed fuck. it Simon- it's gonna happen no fuck off Simon what? Kinberg was like I want to make a sequel that it- with the same cast that is lighter that's all that's been it's said gonna there's been nothing happen. more than no no, yeah, no will. way. It won't. It, it will. I mean, uh, I mean it might, but I. Nah. Did it make money? No. I, no. Yeah. no. Oh, wait, no. Didn't it? Didn't no. it make its money back? Barely. Huh. Like a film, a, a film has to make twice its budget to be not in profit, but like you know to break even, mm-hmm. and at least three times its budget to be considered a success. Fan Stick did not those. It things. was critically panned. It, it made it commercially panned, but it wouldn't have broken even. And. Yeah. I think, but that said, I know the reason why, say, Man of Steel, where they gave Batman v Superman the BBS. green light, BBS a green light, is because the the problem, I don't know, maybe this is just a general problem that we kind of see uh, after we kind of take a step back from it, but they see when one thing works and they go, oh, that's what works, let's try and replicate that. 
And they looked at um, Batman Begins and then The Dark Knight. And they were like, well, Batman Begins didn't really make, any, make us any money. It just set the universe and that was, that, and that was fine. But The Dark Knight made a shit ton of yeah, like, money. Yeah. So underperforming or underwhelming first films in a proposed trilogy, they're like... ones that are uh, critically well-received, mm. which Man of Steel wasn't. So, I mean, I, I think the case of BVS, so it was less, oh, you know, we've got such faith in this creative vision, mm. let's follow it through. It was more, okay, we probably got away with that. <laughs> Um, mm. how are we going to make people turn out for a sequel? Put this. Batman in it. That was that. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the logic of it. Like, uh, but, but it. But it is that kind of thing where, oh, the first one didn't do so well or under underperformed. But hey, maybe a sequel to do better. So that's why they get a sequel green green lit, which yeah. is sort of what for some odd reason seems to be the trend in particular where they're sort of trying to make new franchises out of superhero films. BVS felt well, more to franchises me- make money. Like, I mean, yeah. in, in a certain way, like, don't you think that like even just a first installment that doesn't make a ton of money is kind of an investment because if people like it. Like, it's relatively well-liked. I mean, you know Mad Max Fury Road did not make that much money. Really? Like, Mad Max mm-hmm. Fury Road was expected to, you know, particularly because it was so such a cultural juggernaut, mm. you would have expected that it would have raked in the cash. I think yeah. it came out, I think it had a $200 million budget and made, like, 400 mil, okay. if not less. Um, I mean, it will get mm. a sequel Good. because there's so much love for that film. Getting a couple sequels, <laughs> but, isn't it? Sorry? Couples, yeah, it'll get I them heard. because yeah. it's it's like making an investment. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, we've created a film that people like. More people discover it on not torrents, of course, but like mm. legal, legal means of that just physical <laughs> media. <laughs> and that all just ties into how like people don't want to spend money on something that they don't know. You want to spend money on something that you know. Well, that's why franchises are so ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, people come back to them, but but the franchises have to be established, which is the tricky thing. Which is why I think comic book movies are generally such a safe bet because they're properties people recognize. And even if they're not properties people recognize, everyone seems to really love superhero films. And I mean, it's been, it's been fascinating because like you think, you know, superhero films have been a major staple of blockbuster cinema pretty much since X-Men came out in the year 2000. Cause mm-hmm. since then, you know, we've had the Spider-Man trilogy, <laughs> we've had, you know, the shittier ones like your daredevils and your Catwomans and whatnots, mm-hmm. but it's only sort of probably oh, been Catwoman. since the Avengers Spawn. that they've, Remember the Spawn movie? I had the Spawn I, I soundtrack. <laughs> so yes, I remember that fucking film. <laughs> but like, Oof. I don't know it's it's kind of fascinating because we we watched this genre. We we watched it evolve from a subgenre mm. into a genre, and now it's like. But I mean, it's it's so fascinating because I two months ago I was saying to everyone who would listen, oh, I'm sick of superhero films. Yeah, Generally, same. I don't really care about superhero films. I love the only superhero film I can think of that is, you know, up there in one of my favorite films is the dark Knight. Mm-hmm. outside of that. You know, I grew up with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. So mm-hmm. I've got a big soft spot for those. I grew up with the X-Men films. I got a soft spot for those, but I don't care that much about them as a genre or a franchise. And I enjoy the Marvel movies, but like after Ultron and Ant-Man, I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then civil war happens. Right. And it, when that movie ends, Ended, and I sat there and I actually like had to check my pulse because I was like, hang on, I'm excited for another Spider-Man film. What the fuck <laughs> has <laughs> that film done to me? It's like Kevin Feige like got a drill, drilled into my head and put in there thoughts that I didn't want to be there. Thoughts about being excited about another Spider-Man film. And I actually am. Oh, How Civil War should have been there, uh, Avengers 2. Oh shit, yeah. But I mean, but that said, I this may be an argument for another time, but I do strongly believe that Civil War was a Cap film, not an Avengers film. 
True. In no, the first, fair. Yeah, yeah, in the Avengers films, like they all sort of have arcs, even if they're yeah. small mm. ones. Yeah, so this was very um, much the Cap and Bucky story. I think I Iron Man was their that. chewing scenery, but yeah. Captain America dominated the, the most of it. Yeah. I think, as I said on another one of the other podcasts that we do, uh, in reaction to Civil War, if this had been like an epilogue of Age of Ultron, if you know, I'm pretty sure there's some crafty fans out there who are very good at like you know fan editing all that kind of stuff. If you somehow condensed Age of Ultron into one act. Yeah, <laughs> and then had Civil War the the aftermath into like the. I don't the want to dump too much of Civil War though. Well, not me, me neither. But like but that, I mean, that would have been a really good film because it sort of is everything that we thought was going to happen in Age of Ultron if it happened really quickly, and then the aftermath. Well, I mean, the stuff at the so start where they um where they blew up um oh the the, the, uh, the, the yeah, got crossbones and everything. I mean that that pretty much could have been the plot of Age of Ultron. I mean, I thought I thought Ultron had some really interesting ideas. Mm. Um, I think, you know, the sub, particularly that moment at the end between Vision and Ultron, where Ultron's dying and Ultron's like, you realize humanity's going to fuck everything up. And Vision's like, yeah, I know. But, you know, they, at least yeah. they try. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a bit, um, that's a bit grim, Joss Whedon. Yeah. But like, it just, there was, I, I kind of liked a lot of what was going on in Ultron. I just don't think it became a cohesive whole. I think Ultron was a more, I can't believe I'm saying this about a Marvel film, but a more thematically ambitious film than Civil War was. Actually, no, no, it wasn't. Wait, what am I talking about? <laughs> I, just, I just realized, I was like, wait, no, no, no. it wasn't. Like, Civil War was really much more complex are we, and interesting. Are we allowed to speculate much in sure. this? Sure, go yeah. nuts. Is Ultron dead? Vision talks a lot, a if lot about Marvel, keeping... would you bring him back? I would bring back James Spader. Mm. Yeah, James Spader. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we can rebuild good. him we, as another villain. <laughs> we have the technology. But no, like Vision talks a big deal about keeping people alive in that from or like, you know, human life and how important life is. Yeah, yeah. And we don't see necessarily Ultron die. Well, he is a computer program. By yeah. All, and so, you know, if, if if Ultron had backed himself up to a hard drive, I would believe that in like, you know, phase 16 when they're like, what are we going to do now? I'm like, okay, I mean, sure, look, it's not? probably one of those things where like, I, I feel like Mar- Marvel's got this trend where they just don't wrap up stories. They don't really wrap up stories. Like, well, did you see that yeah. Hail the King um, oh, short film on yes. the Iron Man DVD? Where pretty much it implied that uh, Ben Kingsley's character wasn't actually the Mandarin, that there was a real, and neither was Guy Pearce's character, mm. despite loudly Him announcing saying, I he, am he was a Mandarin. Mandarin. Yeah. Yeah. But basically what it was setting up was that there was another real Mandarin mm. out there who at some point was going to come to the story. Now, you know, several films down the line, mm-hmm. there's been no evidence of that. Now, I don't see... If, if they brought back another Mandarin out of nowhere, I mean, I guess if they ever make an Iron Man 4, that's something they can do. But it kind of feels like they leave these things open just in case. Well, when, these, was the Hail, All Hail the King, that was what it was called, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, Was that made prior to the outrage that some factions... Of the internet had no. I think it was made after because I think it was made after to appease them, and that that's yeah. what kind of annoyed me a lot about that because I really love that twist of having that was hilarious. Iron Man or the Mandarin not be who the fuck Iron Man Three it was. is Spoilers. one of. <laughs> I actually can't think of a film like apart from what we do in the shadows, but like Iron Man Three, that funnily enough wasn't an outright comedy, but also a shame black script so good, like. <laughs> Iron Man 3, I was laughing my head off all the way through that film. It's probably one of the times I've laughed the most in a cinema. And the reveal of the Mandarin was one of the best moments. Iron Man 3 is oh, just, it's, scene, it's still yeah. my favorite Marvel film. Like, I thought it was fantastic. It was all like, right, It was yeah. snarky and it was cynical and it was hilarious and it didn't really give a fuck, but it kind of had some depth with the PTSD I thing. just work here. 
Yeah. Oh fuck, that was good. <laughs> I, that got me good. I'm I'm one of the uh, yeah the few who really really enjoyed um, Iron Man three, and I think it's a lot of flack because I think people get I don't know I hone in on the fact that that we got you know duped by the Mandarin, but isn't that good? Like, isn't that good to yeah, go into a film nice to, to be surprised? Surprised? Yeah, like yeah. sometimes I don't want to know what now because trailers give everything away. Yeah. It's like you know the Terminator mm. Genesis thing. Oh I, fuck! No, the BVS thing. Like, yeah, 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 that's yeah. A, well, more relevant. Yeah. That's a term, not a terminal thing. That's a thing that Terminator trailers uh, trailers do a lot. Oh, yeah, no, no, we've away. spoken about Here's that before. Here's the gun thing. Here's the gun thing. No, it could have been. Well, here's the twist. <laughs> so it was yeah, but it was weird because after Ant Man, especially after Ant Man, but after Age of Ultron, I was like, oh fuck this, and then Ant Man just killed me because I think Ant Man has a semblance of a good film somewhere in there. It's got the and bones of one. It's got Iron Man's. Iron Man one's bones in yeah. it somewhere, and you like that. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, I for me, you know, and yeah, you're exactly right. Like, I mean, you were the ones, Ant Man, who said this at the start. You were like, "Have you seen Iron Man one?" Yep. Then you've seen Ant Man, pretty much. But like, the thing about it was, if you compare Ant Man and Ultron as the 2015 Marvel films, like, Ultron was an interesting failure to me. Mm. Ultron was a film that gave me stuff to think about, and a lot of what I had to think about was where that film had gone wrong and the mistakes mm. that film had made. Ant Man didn't really give me that. Ant Man didn't give me anything to chew on or anything to think about or anything to engage in. Ant Man. Ultron was an interesting failure. Ant-Man <laughs> didn't even... I don't think Ant-Man even deserves to be called a failure. I mean, yeah. it wasn't. It just it Just, just was. so average and Exactly. Coasted. It was so yeah. singularly mediocre. And it was just like... I, I mean, it, it, it wasn't even mediocre. Like, it was, I suppose, like... If it had come out, maybe if it had come out 10 years ago, it would probably be a good film. Like yeah. it was, but if, you know, in a pre Marvel world, that would have been a refreshing, fun film. Mm. But now it's like, you know, we, I, I want a bit more ambition from Marvel now. You know, we've, I we've think seen maybe that. This is done. The problem of, you know, of Marvel yeah. is that you're right, that we are expecting a lot more of them. And I think. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. I, I yeah. agree. And I think now you see, so the problems of, say, Age of Ultron. And now that we've had time to reflect and look on it and, you know, read interviews with Joss Whedon and interviews yeah, with other yeah. people and this and that and the other. And you can kind of see some of the, I guess, telltale signs that there is something kind of potentially going, you know, wrong. In, Franchise in, fatigue. In Marvel films in particular. And when you have big studio networks wanting to kind of have a bit more control but over what they're doing. did you guys see that stuff that came out recently, like about... About um, I think it was the Russos talking mm-hmm. about mm. in an interview about like all the clashes behind the scenes between Ike Perlmutter and Kevin Feige. Well, this is another how- interesting thing because if you look back before they were those things and had um, Josh Whedon saying like you know the whole the Thor bath scene that we've got, yeah, which yeah. is all very confusing, yeah, and apparently yeah. had to include that or else he would have got his Hawkeye whole family scene just cut from the <laughs> film. Which if you look at it, very integral to the plot, so it'd be very interesting. But now that, yeah, Ike Perlmutter, is he, he's no longer involved, correct? He is involved in the TV side of things. Not that Kevin Feige. Uh, is, it, is it Kevin Feige? Nobody's ever given me a straight answer. Kevin Feige? Or Feige? I've always said Feige. I think Feige. All right, let's go with Feige. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Kevin Feige, like, basically he has full autonomy in the film section now. That's and good. Perlmutter does in TV, which apparently is why... Okay, for example, uh, in, um, TV as in agents as in of Shield and Agent Carter, Netflix and everything, Netflix. All right, but on. pretty much, I think what you know, there was one thing that came out recently, which I think some some fanboys somewhere in the world got pretty shitty about, was the fact that um, <laughs> isn't that just it's it's, it's the way of things yeah, yeah. with us? such things. What <laughs> we're talking is that, about? Is that, is that us? Yeah. What a surprise! But like it was with <laughs> um, this actress who's been cast in Luke Cage. 
who was in Iron Man 3, you know, the woman whose son, oh, not Iron Man 3, sorry, uh, Civil War, you know, the yep. woman whose um, son was killed in Sokovia. Oh, that the, chick who the, works for the Justice yeah. Department or something? I the forget. one who was kind of and, meant to be the Mar- Marion something. I don't know. Like, anyway, like at first yeah. in like in, I Marian think it was Shell? on Den of Geek or something that got yeah. announced that the actress was in the same thing. But the assumption was that it would be a character who was crossing over and everyone was like, oh, that's so cool because finally it's like, it's like kind of acknowledging, acknowledging each the other. Netflix mm. film, uh, yeah. TV shows. And then it turned out no, it was two different characters and that the two departments are so separate that they never even realised that like this major character <laughs> in Luke Cage had been cast in Civil War. That's I mean, you'd think great. the actress would be like, hang on. Nah, nah, nah. Why on, if you were, if you got a part, yeah, why on earth would you mention it? Yeah, fair enough. And risk losing one of those lucrative Marvel gigs. Yeah. Because I think, because Inhumans has been cancelled now. And is or that to, or is that because a they got Spider Man or b because Inhumans are heavily featured in the Agents of Shield, which I'm sorry, but I've stopped watching because it got <laughs> it went bad, then it went good, then it went bad, then it went I'm, I'm done. So again, I'm not quite sure if that is that because of Spider Man is it postponed or um, is it because I don't know. I think um yeah, I think basically Kevin Feige's whole thing was that he was like it's been postponed. He said I think it's partly to do with the fact that now they've got Spider Man and now they've got an Ant Man sequel, which they mm-hmm. weren't sure was going to go ahead in the first place, yeah. and they were like, you know, we want to, I guess, put those in. Um, I, don't, I don't really know beyond that. Oh, man, um, if an Ant Man sequel even know what- happens and it is about <laughs> the like the Dark Avengers or whatever they're calling them now, or Avengers Black or Avengers in the Shadows or oh, like yeah, true Covert Avengers, yeah, yeah, but Secret it's Avengers all or- about that, like. Them doing heists or covert missions. Oh, I'm excited. That's what I want to know because (laughs) apparently the film is called Ant-Man and the Wasp, the second Ant-Man. So presumably it'll be more Ant-Man and the Wasp. So it kind of begs the question of like, what is Scott Lang's status going to be? Because there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no big Avengers film to change Mm. the status quo in between. Yeah. It's going to be super interesting if it's like, yeah, if they do focus on the quotation marks, dark Avengers, (laughs) Captain America is put in the background. So (laughs) Ant-Man can shine through. That would be so good. Uh, but I mean, funny. <laughs> Ant Man was also one of the best things about Civil War. He like, was. He was amazing. I, mean, I don't think he was a patch on Spider Man. Literally, every time Spider Man came on screen, mm. I was delighted. He was. I just was had so- this overpowering sense of delight mm. at everything he said and did, it was and good. the whole time, I just mm. thought he was fantastic. Like, is I, I, such I, a I fresh completely new agree. Energy, I know, right? right? Mm. I'm like, like finally, oh, they're man. kind of doing Spider Man. A bit more comic book faithful and yeah. a bit more engaging and interesting. Can I put one small thing that I didn't like about no. Spider-Man? Right, no. Yes. Right. No, yes, you can, Adam. <laughs> one tiny thing, which I admit is a bit nitpicky, but I don't think he was nerdy enough. <laughs> I wanted more nerd in my Spider-Man. Thank you very much. How, how he looked he... like he could pull chicks and Spider-Man should not be able to pull chicks without a mask. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you want, did you want uh, Tobey Maguire? Is, is that... <laughs> Maybe. Is that who you want? Maybe I want Toby Maguire. Maybe. Nah, nah. He, he look. He was what? If I was a girl, I'd get. I'd blush if he spoke to me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fair enough. Fair enough. But we didn't see him like pre Spider Bite. Like pre Spider Bite, he could have been gross That's and true. pudgy. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Head cannon. Yeah. Good. Head cannon. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Done. <laughs> uh, so getting back to the whole, rather than for, so focusing on Marvel, the whole superhero genre, because is because. 
after if it wasn't for Civil War, I'd have been like Marvel. I'm so done with Marvel. But then BVS <laughs> happened, and I was like, my god, this is a train wreck. It was almost like and a comparatively of... and just reinvigorated everything Again, I wanted about. To, uh, don't uh, talk. Mm. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> Can do I ask? Because do I don't that. actually understand. You've said this a couple times. Yeah. BVS reinvigorated you. Can I say is that for Marvel movies? Is that because no, comparatively? I don't know. Or... Going into that, I was like. You could argue that, yeah, I already had preconceived notions this film was going to be trash, but then, like, that was because of the trailers. I would have loved nothing more than to have loved this shit at a BVS. Yeah. And I loved the first five minutes until young Bruce Wayne started floating. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm out. There it is. A There's check, the, please. Uh, Waiter, check, I would uh, like to uh, leave. Yes, please, thank you. That was the exact moment I was like, I'm in for a treat. See, I was. I think it was, like, it was a weird, like, perfect storm double whammy between BVS and Civil War because I watched BVS, like, at a point where I was, you know, after... After fucking Ant-Man and everything, like, I sort of had just Marvel fatigue mm. in general. I was like, I don't really care about Marvel anymore. And then I saw BVS and I was like, oh, no, we got it really good with Marvel. And then I saw <laughs> Civil War and I was like, never leave me. Like, <laughs> right? I, and that's the thing. The I comparison think... didn't hurt Civil War yeah. at all. It's like you went on a break. You met some guy who was just absolutely disgusting, and you're like, "No, I was good with yeah. with Mark. He looks after me. He massages my feet when it I had might a hard be day at work. Comfortable, unambitious, and you know, comparative to city. You know, maybe maybe I wanted spice and excitement in my life. Maybe I want to go out exactly. and maybe experience I want, new maybe things. Maybe I want maybe, look. Look, Mark. He's, he's maybe I want to find a, myself he's got in a different <laughs> superhero film. He's got a nine to five job. He's like, he's got no ambition. He's, he goes in there. He does his work. It, it's steady. It's reliable. It's great. Uh, there's no surprises. And I got a bit tired. So I was like, I want to go with an artist. I want to go with a guy who's just, he's like, under employment, he puts muso. And I'm like, maybe well, this guy's a bit wild. This guy's a bit like, oh, what's he going to treat me like? What's he's unpredictable. Gonna, what's going to happen here? Don't we, don't know. Know. we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And then he did something weird to me during sex, and I don't like it. He stuck uh, a finger somewhere. He stuck a, like, maybe one. And I was we like, asked him to stop, and he just kept, kept going. going. He just kept going. And I was like, mm. but then he stopped after maybe five minutes, but then he tried again. And I don't mm. like that. So, so Jeremy, back off. I'm going back to Mark. We've had our midlife crisis. Now we'd like to return home to Marvel. It's yes. actually such a good analogy, isn't it? <laughs> oh. It's such a good analogy. So, and one we'll all revisit when Suicide Squad comes out. And how. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's not going to be trash. But, but who oh, knows? My God, meantime, I want to love it so much, but I know I want. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of I think where we all. Um, it just looks like I just okay. Think of Suicide Squad, yeah. like. What film are they marketing? I don't What know. is it? Is it dark and depressing like the first trailer? Is it goofy and funny like the second trailer? Or is it really goofy and funny like the third trailer? Yeah. Ooh, uh, may I or put a point out? Or is it just Guardians? Like that's Because that kind of seems what they're selling now. It's just Guardians. Also, I think it's going to be spastic. Like all three of them seem to be implying. <laughs> <laughs> just please, Jared Leto, stop being a sex pest. Just for me. That'd be nice. I don't know if I want to Or, you know, for the people he sends, use condoms that's too. That's also Maybe, good. Yeah. Maybe don't use that in your marketing ploy, DC, as we hired notorious sex pest Jared Leto uh, to to market this film. Maybe don't do that. I don't know. It just, it seems weird. And the whole kind of rumor that went around being like, oh, they're redoing shoots after BBS because to add more humor, I think was the rumor. But I don't know if that was to do more humor or more action or whatever, because again, getting reshoots, Mm. it's a long process. You have to kind of tee that up prior to BBS coming out. So I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Some of the actors were asked and they all denied it, but of course, you know, they course would deny it. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, it is hard to tell. 
There was a really interesting article that came out um, a while ago. Like it was, I was like a think piece. And I do love me some think pieces. <laughs> and basically it was looking at this before Batman vs Superman came out where there was still a, a minor sheen of optimism lingering over that film. And <laughs> maybe, somebody was- Maybe. Yeah, maybe a bit. Well, if I'm really- they were sort of using the example of Suicide Squad and like what we'd seen so far of Wonder Woman. And basically the argument was that because Marvel is such an established brand and franchise now- and particularly bringing up the Joss Whedon kind of being forced into line, Edgar Wright getting kicked off for being too wild with what he wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. Basically, they were saying apparently the, the idea is that maybe the DC Cinematic Universe will actually offer the chance for a bit more individuality and a bit more creative vision in their films yeah. because there isn't so much that overriding figure making sure everything's on point. But then on the other hand, not having your Kevin Feige <laughs> figure means you yeah. get Batman versus Superman because if you Ooh. give a filmmaker like Zack Snyder a ton of autonomy, look what happens. Did you know I realised? as well another reason to hate bvs you know how many lines that uh wonder woman and superman spoke to each other they, they don't do a they? hot zero correct yeah, they, they don't I... mm, love that film so much yeah yeah i can't think of any lines there. Right. Well, maybe maybe yeah. we should address what will be an outdated <laughs> topic because you know i mean we're talking about marvel vs dc and everyone talks about marvel vs dc we've it's, done that to death what about the x-men franchise yeah, yeah. it's like i feel like you know if you've got okay it's like you know what it is? All right, you imagine this, take this relationship analogy a bit further. You've got Marvel, who's like the reliable, mm-hmm. loving, little bit boring, little bit samey. You're not, not going to mm-hmm. sh- surprise you with anything unpredictable, but comfortable and safe. You've got DC, who's like the, seems like the cool, edgy artist on the outside, but actually is just like a bit of a failed shit stain on the inside and, <laughs> you know, relying on Centrelink payments. Yeah. And then you've got Fox. And X-Men, who's just like the old reliable stalwart who at the same time just isn't that good at anything and is always trying to win your attention and kind of trying to play with the big boys. But like if if we were in school, that'd be like the little crush that follows you around the place is always trying to impress you. And you're sort of sitting there being like, oh, that's all right. You, you're cute. I know you're trying for my affection. But then they did bring out Deadpool. I was going to say, if I got drunk. Hey, hang on. Let's not... Get too much hate on Deadpool. No, no, I, that's I what am... I mean. No, I like Deadpool. Oh, okay. That's I, thought I, thought you were oh, I don't yeah, really okay. give a shit about the X-Men films I at all. I haven't like, spoken yet, Adam. <laughs> I, feel no. like the Dead, I feel like the X-Men films just sort of, you know, they, they were good for their time. Mm. But and I read, this is not an original thought. This is something I read in a review that I thought was really interesting. But they haven't changed with the times. Yeah. They haven't realized kind of what people expect from superhero yeah. films now. And like somebody said, the thing about Apocalypse, which I haven't seen yet, none of us, you know, we will have maybe, I don't think I'm going to watch it. But basically, screening. It's going to be great. All no, the conflicts be in Apocalypse, be all the things that ground Apocalypse are things that were interesting and fresh 16 years ago when the first X-Men came out. Yeah. And now 16 years later, it's like, yeah, we want to see new things. Like nobody really cares about, you know, about well, the X-Men trying to be accepted. We, am, we've seen so many films of it. I am Which is why curious. Deadpool is such a breath of fresh air. Yes. I am curious about Age of Apocalypse, or Apocalypse, sorry, because the reviews are just bad. <laughs> yeah, God, early yeah. reviews, early not, reviews so good. not so good. And I went been like, oh, that's a shame. Franchise killing train wreck, someone said. So yeah, I'm I've curious. heard that I'm as curious. well. Like, but I heard it, some, I think the same person who said that was also worse than Last Stand, which is quite a claim to make. That is a yeah. very big claim. Because Days of Future Past, like you say, you, you know, Dark Knight's one of your favourite. Days of Future Past is one of my favourite That was a good fucking film. films. Like, that, that was a film yeah. which was like, yeah, right. hey, were you a fan of X-Men and you love everything about X-Men? I'm like, but, I do. And like, here's this for yeah, you, Sam. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. thank you. However, at the same time, <laughs> I don't I ate, think, it. I ate it up. I ate it up. It was good. I don't think Days of Future Past implies an overall faith we should have in the X-Men brand yeah. because the same year we got The Wolverine, which what? Dude. 
Yeah. Why, why does anybody? Hang on a minute. Film? Yeah, that's right. Like, they keep yeah. fucking up Wolverine. Yeah, I don't know and how that's you keep doing it. How do you fuck up Wolverine twice? And I then don't like, know. like, I don't look, know. I know First Class has a lot of love in a lot of circles. I, I don't love First. I like First Class. I think it's fine. I couldn't tell you anything about it apart from there was a cool bit where Magneto was James Bond's. Mm-hmm. But like, apart from that, like, oh, how good would it have oh, been? Michael Fassbender was just that movie. James Bond. <laughs> just yeah. no, 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 Magneto Nazi Hunter. Oh, yeah. You know what? Fuck everything off. A mutant Nazi Hunter. Give me that. Where that was pitched, like right after the um, last stand came out, and they said, "Oh, we're gonna back when you know X Men yeah. Origins was gonna be its own sort of oh, yeah, franchise." And they said there'll be X Men Origins Magneto, which will be about like Magneto hunting Nazis, and it got folded into First Class. But that mm-hmm. would have been so good because that was the best part of First Class was Magneto was. hunting Nazis and Kevin Bacon so just good. being Kevin Bacon. That yeah. was also good. That was oh, that scene as well. That's really the only scene that I absolutely remember and love from First Class was when. They <clears throat> Magneto's holding all of the missiles and such shot at them from the mm-hmm. the uh, two you know the Russian and American ships or whatever, and um, Xavier says they're just soldiers doing their job, and Magneto says I will uh, he's, I forget the exact line, but he says I will never again be beholden to soldiers just doing oh, their I job. Got about that, yeah. How Very fucking good dick. was that? Good stuff, fucking yeah. But that was that was really good, and Deadpool. Look, it wasn't my favourite film, and I will happily say there was a perfect 5 out of 10 film, and I think we yeah, got it, asked on Twitter a few times, oh, are you guys going to do a movie made on Deadpool? And honestly, no, I can't. The only way that you can make a better Deadpool film is if you give them a better budget. Yeah. Because everything that was kind of, quote-unquote, wrong... It was cheap. It was very cheap. With Deadpool, it was... But anything that yeah, could be, anything, anything could be uh, improved with a budget. It doesn't in change particular, the fact that it was fresh. Yes. I mean, and like, apart from that, look, I, I view Deadpool the same way I view A Good Dinosaur, which is that both films, <laughs> the films I saw... That was trash, No, man. it wasn't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> worst <laughs> fucking film. No, it no, wasn't. Let's talk about okay, Good Dinosaur. Fine, As fine. someone who has no hot dog <laughs> in this race... I will judge. <laughs> I was like, you talked that up a big fucking game. And I was like, oh, sick. I love a good dinosaur film. It's going to be good. Arlo, oh, he's my boy. He's going to miss his blah, blah, blah. I watched it with like um, Em and her sister. And I'm like, this is, this is trap. I hate it. I hate it. Like, no, it was so It was boring. So, no, it was great. Dull. It was beautiful to Fuck look off. at. It was a simple throwback. It was a classic boy and his dog story trying oh. to get home, except with dinosaurs. And it was, it was no, I thought it was a great film. It was simple. It was relaxing. I was never really on the edge of my seat. I just liked it. it had a nice, clean arc. Was, there was nothing complex about it. It was so yeah, unambitious. I love, but it was beautiful to look at. It had a great soundtrack. It was soothing. It was a soothing movie. And it's not often in this day and age <laughs> that I watch a film and say, "Holy crap, that just made my day better." Not because it's particularly memorable. Not because it's particularly mm. earth shattering. Because it's not. But like, like same with Deadpool. But like more so with Good Dinosaur. I saw it at the end of a shit day. Yeah. A terrible, terrible day. And I sat down, being like, I just want to watch something and that film I walked out of that film feeling <laughs> good about life just being like you know Not what fair. that's fine that just filled the hole in my life that that day was that film somehow there was a dinosaur shaped hole and that <laughs> film slotted into it perfectly I'm going to award okay. Gabe the win hang on because- hang on, hang on. Okay, yes, I agree with you. Good soundtrack, but thing is, like, I was having a perfect Joel Zammett patented 6 out of 10 day, and it didn't raise or didn't low, and it was just dull, boring, no stakes, very, like, not even predictable. But There like, were stakes. It was life and death stakes. Oh, no, there wasn't. Yes, there were. I'm there glad was you're not telling me because you guys are scaring there me There were hillbilly right raptors. <laughs> 
They uh, went, oh, what about the T-Rexes? The Cowboy T-Rexes. Okay, yeah, I'll give that to Sam Elliott. Sorry, Cowboy T-Rex? Cowboy T-Rexes. I have not seen this movie. Should it's I see this movie? T-Rexes. Sam Elliott voices one of them and it's pretty good. And they that sit around good. the campfire playing bugs as harmonicas telling war stories. Or not war stories, honestly, but stories about how they fight crocodiles. Honestly? With the Apatosaurus, who they take under their wing and teach to be courageous. To be honest. T-Rexes. To be honest, sounds pretty good. To be honest, Adam, yeah. if you want to see The Good Dinosaur, don't. Instead, <laughs> get Gabe to tell you the story play by play of what happens in The Good Dinosaur, and I will guarantee it will be a much better film than what you will see. You feed off his, ex- his you do. enthusiasm. You feed off his in- in- enthusiasm. Yeah, no, I know exactly you, what that's about. Uh, some of the like the bad anim- like, ana- graphics and animations just you don't see because it's all made up in your head, and Gabe tells you a beautiful story. And that's what I loved about that film, Gabe's retelling. But that film by itself. Trash. Anyway, superheroes. Yeah, so superhero films. But, but just quickly on that note, um, the reason, like for Deadpool, Deadpool is another one of those. It was like mm. a long, it was just a long, rough, not a bad day, but just a long, rough day where I was just tired and I'd had a lot on and I was very stressed. And I went and watched Deadpool and I was like, this film is not challenging. This film is not particularly interesting. This film is not particularly memorable, but I had a really good time watching it. I thought it could have, I actually thought it could have probably been edgier. I thought it probably could have been more raucously irreverent and funny. But you know what? For what it was, yeah. it was fine. And it and the one thing, I, I don't think it was particularly an amazing film, but I thought it's definitely a breath of fresh air mm. because it's, I mean. Different. Yeah, like Kick-Ass like, did something similar, <clears throat> but Kick-Ass was... Kick-Ass was a lot more subversive. I, I don't I don't really know. Like, because Deadpool, maybe it's because Kick-Ass came out a few years ago and Deadpool came out in amongst the glut of lots and mm-hmm. lots and lots of superhero films. So Kick-Ass was maybe came out in too much isolation to be seen as as much for a breath of mm-hmm. fresh air. Yeah. Whereas Deadpool's come in the middle of a massive wave of them. And it actually is a breath of fresh air in that wave. Yeah, I, I think the only way is to like look at Deadpool and be like, how would you make this better? Would be, of course, improve the budget. I would say try and get characters that are also in the X-Men franchise that aren't Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. <laughs> Negasonic Teenage Warhead was great, though. Uh, she was fine, but, like, nothing to do with the... Like, it was just, like... <laughs> it was okay for, the like, the handful of scenes. But, no, 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 no. coming from, like, an adaptation comic book fan, being, like, the, the, the character of Negasonic Teenage Warhead was in one comic, which was a flashback, when they just destroyed um, Genosha, who was this kind of goth looking chick who was nothing like didn't even have this super her superpower was like premonitions and she could see into the future it's that like wasn't a super the fil- movie. it's like the filmmaker just saw the name and was like that no, explodey power the filmmakers openly said we just like the name i think so and it was yeah. just like i understand adaptations and that but it's like couldn't you have cho- chosen something a bit i don't yeah, know yeah, like a little enough. bit mm. yeah anyway but there's like and also giving deadpool a straight man would have been so much better like, I know Colossus tried to be that, yeah, but I just don't think it worked. Hopefully with Cable in Deadpool 2, that mm. should make all Fingers my crossed. issues or concerns I had with Deadpool uh, addressed. You know what would be really nice? If Wolverine <clears throat> was in it. Yeah, like I Wolverine. Didn't that. Wolverine's like a, a better. Um, He's got a good interplay. Like they've established a really good interplay with Wolverine. Also with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Ryan Reynolds that as well. Interview yeah, him that was great. For, that was amazing. Uh, what's the film? I think it was actually for, oh, for Eddie. Some for Eddie unrelated, yeah, 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 unrelated yeah. movie. That was really good. Like I think you know they, they. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. 
Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. They seem like they're good friends. It's a shame. Like That's, that's one thing that is a shame about Hugh Jackman. Finally... Like, I mean, look, I don't, I'm not sitting here being like, Finally a shame about just, Hugh Jackman? What? Just quit, quit Hugh Jackman. But no, like, I, I think Hugh Jackman is fine. He's, he's reliable. He's, he's like the. He's like Mark. He's like, exactly, <laughs> I was about to say that. I was like, I was trying to think of a more roundabout way to say it. But no, he's, he's Mark. He's, he's the Marvel Cinematic Universe of superhero film characters. But, um, I, I guess, yeah. not a perfect analogy. But like, I you know. I didn't get what you were referencing. And I'm like, who's Mark? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to miss him as such. Like, you know, I mean, if I even watch the next X-Men film, because, uh, Wolverine film, because like the Wolverine mm. and X-Men yeah. Origins Wolverine, yeah. it's like. So I think the problem with the Wolverine is that they just didn't have good directors and um, well, good anything? Because I think anything. Darren Aronofsky was meant to be doing it. And then he left place. and then yeah. they sort of rushed it. And I guess this comes into that whole roundabout way again of looking into the superhero films of what works and, and what studio heads and, and producers and all that are seeing what works and then trying to shoehorn things into and then kind of like have creative control. If you look at the success of Deadpool and now everyone's like, oh, Deadpool was successful because it was an R-rated Superhero film, and now yeah, we're going to get a lot. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. taking the wrong lessons, and it's like no, 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 no. Oh, but that's shit. what Hollywood does. Same, they take exactly, exactly the wrong lessons, and yeah. same thing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Everyone was like, "This is really cool because they're building up this, you know, interconnectivity that we haven't really seen before in Ma- in film, apart from maybe the Saw franchise or yeah. uh, Kevin Smith's um, View Askew universe." So well, it's like these interesting things has been done before, and so then when that was successful, everyone's like, "We need to have a fucking extended universe." Everyone have, started doing it, yeah, to the point where we're getting like fucking Dracula and the Mummy. Yeah, I know, right? Why? Well, like, God, so, I hope that's you good. That brief, like, brief Why? announcement that came out a couple of years ago that everybody was like, "Wait, what?" And then I think the studio, which I think might have been Universal, just like. Just so never mentioned right. it again. And they were like, right. we're making right. a Robin Hood cinematic universe. Oh, shit, yeah. It was like, it's going to be like, you're going to have an Alan Adale film and a Friar Tuck film and a Little John film. Finally. And the whole world was like, 
Finally, a Friar Tuck film. The <laughs> and, film and the, I've um, been wanting to see I since I want to see a fat Friar. Go the on. The Monsters universe. Uh, Godzilla and King Kong are getting a shared universe. And like... Uh, Men in Black and, yeah. <laughs> and 21 what? Jump Street. <laughs> no, that's, I'm sold on that. Is, that's great. Like, God, I, even if it's shit, oh, I'm sure I'll love it. Yeah. I'm sure I'll love a shit like, one of that. Talking about like taking the wrong lessons, it was like with BBS, it was like, what was the lesson we took away from the Nolan Batman films? They were like, dark. And it was like, no, just think about yeah, come on, think, like, come up with a take that like actually you know you have something mm. to say and something mm. to some way of engaging with this material and you know interrogating this material and exploring these characters in interesting dynamic ways that we haven't seen before yeah. and they were like no we'll just like you know have a really like desaturated color palette and like everybody will brood a lot so and that'll much be good brooding. batman will be superman no, no sorry superman will be batman and batman will be batman extreme because be great yeah, exactly but like if you look at say the lessons that I think because Marvel uh, have their maybe have their finger on the pulse of like, the internet and the mm. like the the wider sort of feedback a little bit more than DC does, and so the feedback that they probably got from Age of Ultron and to an extent Ant Man, although Ant Man was very much more uh, acclaimed, people loved the shit out of Ant Man a lot yeah. more than yeah, Ultron. And so they kind of took those lessons from those films and started adapting them. And maybe you can kind of see this into the later films, and hopefully you will, is that they're taking those lessons learnt and they're sort of adapting them and being like, yep, okay, we can kind of change, we can kind of go with things. People don't necessarily want just a superhero film, they want a genre film in a superhero film, yeah, which is why Winter Soldier really well. was so fucking good. It was like, see, you, want a spy, you want a spy thriller? Yeah. Here you go, have a spy thriller. Yes. I feel like it's not so much reading what the audience currently wants, but I think Marvel are better at telling what the audience is gonna want like oh, yeah. more predictive i but feel because well, we di- i didn't know i wanted a superhero spy movie until i saw winter soldier that's fair enough i didn't then, know i wanted a space opera with a talking raccoon yeah. and then yeah. i did yeah. Yeah. but like but that's it and like then, you know they they know how to do things i mean shank said this during our yeah, bbs yeah. podcast but like you know they they even though the marvel films all do share a tone to a degree the fact that they do different genres, it's like, yeah, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is actually not a superhero film. No. It's a Marvel film, but it's actually by by what in what way is that a superhero film? And that's why yeah, I like it's Marvel as well, but is it's actually not. You can now say a Marvel film, and we yeah. kind of all, they, they've almost made their own fucking genre. Yeah, they kind of have, great. They? And yet, I, but the, the on the flip is, side, with DC, they look at the lessons that they should have learnt from fucking Man of Steel. And they just double down. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, you yeah. know what? Everyone complained about. <laughs> Fucking it's like, let's do the same thing but put yeah. Batman in it. That'll be great. <laughs> so everyone complained about the 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 collateral damage of um I can uh, of I swear Metropolis. baby, I can change. Don't so go it, back to Mark. I can change. <laughs> and so it's like, you know that okay, yeah. All that collateral damage, you know what we're gonna open the film with? Collateral damage to remind <laughs> to you to of remind the shit you times of what we have. Fucking pissed me off so much about it. Every and time then, they're like, no one's there. And then, and then yeah. he just does an explosion that's bigger than wherever they are. What's the point? But the so other No one was there, that, Adam. Like, no Marvel, one was there. Marvel planned their cinematic universe <laughs> from the start. Marvel literally made Iron Man. I mean, they made Iron Man in such a way where it was like, that could be a standalone film. That could be a standalone film mm. with some sequels. They were clever like rather, that. Yeah, they were they very were clever. so clever in setting all of those films up. In certain, I mean, look at, look at Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk was the one Marvel film, you know, in that early <laughs> that run they that dumped. didn't do that well yes. and they dumped it and they did it in such a way that they could i mean yeah it's canon mm. technically mm. but you're not missing any tricks by not having seen it mm. like everything you need to know about the hulk is set up in the avengers anyway in the first yep. 10 20 minutes so it's so they were really really clever at the time and then from there you know they've planned it meticulously they've thought about what they've, they're doing whereas you look at x-men who now are like doing oh deadpool and, and gambit and and are x-force they doing gambit and still? New, oh, they're talking about it. anyway mm. the point is i think they're trying to create their own 
sort of universe like Sony tried to do with Spider-Man, but that's not you're, – you're retroactively creating a universe. I think and, if you're going to do that, they have to yeah. sort of plan it from the start and this instead was the of deciding, problem. you know, 16 years into a franchise, mm. we're going to make a universe. Well, this is the problem that a lot of people have with the X-Men franchise. And you see this or a lot James of, Bond. Or James Bond. Mm. With the X-Men franchise, you see sort of like a lot of blog posts and a lot of like articles and being like, here are the inconsistencies with Didn't we X-Men. do a podcast We did. Yeah. Uh, where I kept saying the – Continuity? No, continue. How do you pronounce this word? Continuity. 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 I think it's con- continuity. I believe. <laughs> continuity. Mm-hmm. That word. Continuity. Pronunciation. Pronunciation. Nice. Pronunciation. So yeah, they have all these like blog posts and articles being like, "Hey, you know, this is how you like these are the inconsistencies in the fucking Marvel films, or sorry, in the X Men films. You're like Beast was a, a boy, you know, of of non blue fur talking on a talk show, and now he's this, and oh, he, you know, Magneto helped him make Cerebro, but he didn't make him help Cerebro, and it was like all this kind of bullshit. And it was like, yeah, that's because I didn't plan for this to be a ongoing thing. And mm. I guess I'm a little bit more forgiving in that regards of, say, the X-Men franchise because I think they're trying to make do with what they've got because, quite frankly, I don't want them to have to go and revamp and start again. No, I mean, to I, be think honest. I think there's a – but I think there's a way around it. I think, you know, to me it's not about – it's not about starting again. It's not about anything other than just, like, be aware of what you've done. Be aware of the fact that your target audience pays a lot of attention to these things. True. And mm. just respect what you've already done and – and I don't know build, it, build on that instead of just blithely saying I don't actually no. care that the character was yeah. this in this film, this in this film. Because basically, what you're saying is why care about the franchise as a whole? Because well, I, I think that kind of I, I guess the biggest problem came from the Last Stand, to be honest. Like where some of the um, the major idiosyncrasies can, can happened. Well, I'm thinking of mostly just Beast because you have him on the talk show in the in a bar in X Men Two. In the Last Stand, you got Kelsey Grammer who's like oh. Beautifully cast, but <laughs> you have him big furry and that was it, where it could have been mentioned that, you know, oh, in the interim something happened and blah, 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 blah. That could have been addressed very offhandedly. And yeah, very like, yep, so. cool, done. So, I like, don't know. Even just a line as simple as like, oh, you know, back then I was using, because, you know, I mean. Oh, he was oppressing and now, exactly, now I'm proud of who now I am. Proud of, ex- simple as that. Simple. Yeah, but doesn't I take much. I, I think the problem there. Was X Men: The Last Stand being well, Ratner's fucked off, and no, sorry, um, Singer's that fucked off. Tied into and the themes of the film too, wouldn't it? Like, if he nice. said that, like, if, yeah, if he you're said right. that, he'd be like, I used to be ashamed, but now yeah. I'm not. Like, he could say that to one of the younger X Men, like, oh, yeah. who's being like, oh, I'm that take was this. the help of the help someone else's thing. story mm. arc yeah, built. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, uh, Singer had fucked off to do Superman Returns, um, and then took James Marsden with him, and then we have. <clears throat> Is um, that why James Marsden was in that? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, I love a... him. I'm just letting you guys know. I, lo- I really so have I you really seen Enchanted? Just... Yes. Yeah. He's great. Have you seen Hairspray? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just wanted a really good Cyclops on screen. Like fuck, Cyclops. Fuck you, killing him off. Like in three. The the Dark Phoenix storyline. Yes. While Wolverine may pop his claws in Jean Grey's stomach, that is fucking Cyclops's time to bloody shine, <laughs> and they just didn't give it to him. Yeah. And fuck you for not ha- making that happen because, my God, that would have been just him making that sacrifice or being that there to... Ah, fuck. The original storyline of the Dark Phoenix saga on the blue a- area of the moon where it's just they're fighting off the, like, uh, the Shi'ar Imperial Guard and all this kind of bullshit is happening and fucking Jean Grey has rigged this thing to basically like to kill herself and Scott's there and it's fucking beautiful. It's so fucking beautiful. Do, but do you think, like, so at this point, like, you know, 
we've got the DC Cinematic Universe that is like currently struggling desperately to put out something that anybody is going to like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suicide Squad might win them some goodwill, but the fact that the exact same creative team is on board for Justice League as BVS <laughs> will not, mm-hmm. point A. Then you've got Marvel who like have just, you know, may- maybe there was a little bit of sort of, not animosity, but like, a little bit of doubt. A little, a little bit, bit of doubt. doubt kind of starting to fatigue, kind of starting to sneak yeah, fatigue, around the fringes. Fatigue. And then Civil War came out, and I think now everybody just wants more Marvel again. Yeah, and everyone's then you've hot got, for Marvel's dick. You've got Fox, yeah. who sort of briefly regained a lot of grounds with um, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. Did and with then Deadpool, Deadpool, although I don't think that many people really associate Deadpool in the X-Men films that much, even though no. the, like, it... Mm. I don't really think of Deadpool as an X-Men film, even yeah. though the X-Men were in it to a degree. But yeah. like, no, fair. but then you've got Apocalypse, which by all accounts is a time to be alive. Um, <laughs> so this kind of state of play. Cause oh, these I am looking three major forward players. to this film. Oh, this will be interesting if you're listening to these podcasts as they come out, because we'll be recording one tomorrow about what we, th- we think will happen. Oh, and the day after. Tomorrow? Yeah. Thursday, the, it comes well, well, released screening. publicly, oh, and then okay. like the day after we thought about this, then then, then this will come out. So it'll be curious. Oh, I'm going to look back at this and be like, "Wow, you had such hope." <laughs> yeah, this is this is like a it's like a time capsule yeah. of a happier, brighter you. Yeah. You'll be a broken man after Thursday. Oh, I look probably. forward to it because I'm so curious about it. Because it's like these people have not been. Uh, horsemen of apocalypse in the comics before, and I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. Like. I'm curious how they're going to show Apocalypse in this. Your curiosity is going to get kicked in it, the dick. It is. It is. But curiosity kicked the cat in the dick. <laughs> that's the old saying. That's the old that's adage. exactly how the old saying goes. Yes. But, but like, yes. so I don't know. Like, I'm, now we've got these sort of three big franchises or like in the case of Marvel and DC, like massive conglomerate franchises, mm. like that are all sort of chugging along and all, I mean, like this year alone, you know, Deadpool, BVS, I was at the top of this, all of those sort of superhero films with more yet to come. Do we think this bubble is going to burst? Because I would have said so two months ago, yeah. and then Civil War came out, and I realized that me personally, as not somebody who's particularly in love with superhero films or comic book films, but you know, likes them for what they are, suddenly found myself wanting more. Do we think this bubble is going to burst, I or think, will Marvel honestly? Keep- if Marvel, yeah, Marvel is what keeps the superhero bubble alive. I think. Everyone else is fucking up around them, mm-hmm. but so long as Marvel can keep and chugging, even Marvel's fuck ups. Look at, you know, we complain about Ultron. Yeah. Compare Ultron to BVS. Yeah. Oh, what a master- like, cinematic masterpiece. Yeah, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, fucking Shakespeare. Like, fucking, oh, so good. No, I, I think, honestly, I think the, the bubble has bursted, to be perfectly honest. I reckon yeah? the bubble has bursted. It's just not for Marvel. I reckon we're probably not going to get a good superhero <gasps> film unless it's by Marvel then. I but, got an idea. But we're still in a world where BVS can still even though BVS is considered a box office failure because it didn't crack a billion, it still made 800 million, which for any other film would be and obviously yeah. it gets a lot of capital. I mean probably a lot of that capital is not necessarily because it's a superhero film but because it's, you know, the two most famous superheroes of all time. Mm. But yeah, I mean that film should have made a lot more than it did. And it didn't. I'll be curious yeah. to see the next film, but yes, yeah. I may I put the point forward? Yes. So <clears throat> Uh, Fox and DC are putting out superhero movies that are failing left, right, and center. Well, not all of them, but some of them, many of them. Marvel, however, who have learned to mix superhero with other genres are doing fine. Maybe the bubble has burst and Marvel are just better at, you know, hey, this isn't just a superhero movie. It's a spy movie. Yeah. This isn't just a superhero movie. It's a goofball comedy. Yeah. That's, that's what so I'm... So maybe, yeah, it's, yeah. I, th- yeah, yeah. I think Marvel's trick, 
as much I as I was you just know, expressing it in my own words. Is that no, that, that's exactly like in much better words than what I was trying to get at, which but I the, think is a good point. Superior film genre, I, I would argue potentially already burst. Well, yeah. I mean, like particularly me, with Age of Ultron, yeah. which was Age of Ultron was a superhero film. Yeah, like yeah. there it wasn't anything else. Yeah, that's true. But right. I mean, like, I also think there's there's something to be said for the fact that, okay, like, Marvel does cop some flack for, you know, even the films they market as being darker and more painful, like Civil War and like Winter Soldier, mm. are still kind of fun and still kind of lighthearted, apart from moments, glimmers here and there of darkness. Yeah. Oh, but fuck, like, no, you killed my mum. Oh, that was, that was so good. That was so good. That was so fucking good. <laughs> that but, was amazing. Like, BVS is the kind of film where you watch it and it's like, okay, we have so many of these superhero films and you like it actually kind of made me a little bit angry to be like what filmmakers sit there your face say, but like, like you went back to you watching it and it wasn't one of my face which was of utmost joy you had this like dour look your your eyebrows yeah. drooped you just looked <laughs> sad it, it that wasn't how you should have like, watched BVS why? it wasn't an ent- it wasn't entertaining <laughs> it wasn't fun it wasn't about anything that made me think it was literally just people stand around and are dreary and See, sad this, this was and your then face fight like this was my face. Why make that film? Who, what enjoyment did anybody Joel looks very think happy right they now. were going to get out of that film? Joel is gesturing for more. <laughs> for all their lack of ambition, that their perceived yeah. or otherwise lack of ambition, still promise a good time at the movies. Yeah. Civil War, which had you know did have that great dark moment for a big stretch it of it, was yeah. an absolutely fun delight. It was. Like that superhero it was good. fight was just such a giddily enjoyable moment of cinema. Where I was just like having a great time. Yeah. It was it was fun. You knew what was going yeah. on. It was full of likable characters, had great lines, great moments. Yep. It was just an absolutely delightful, joyful film and that actually understands the inherent joy in being a superhero yeah. and why we go for that kind of escapism. Marvel completely understands escapism. And sure, it might not be explosive or ambitious or exciting, but it is escapism. And it gives us what we want, which is to get away and have a good time. And what Civil War did really well, as opposed to what certain even Marvel films haven't done in the past... And definitely what, what BVS didn't do was have a really good villain. Like, I loved yeah. Baron Zemo. Or well, he, we understood his motivation. Colonel Zemo in this. Colonel, yeah, yeah. something like that. He <laughs> Man, was good. Apparently Fuck. there's been, like, released like, artwork of him wearing, like, the, the, the pink fucking ski mask. And people are like, oh, I should have been like in the comics. Like, no, he shouldn't have, you fucking idiots. <laughs> he was good as he was. Don't and you the shut the fuck up. was just a guy. Yeah, it was such a personal and there was story. there no shitty, like, and that was what, that, I loved that so much. Because there was mm. no shitty, like, end of film CGI monster comes and Makes him team up, <clears throat> Batman versus. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But um, there was none of that. There was just like the, the climax was actually the superheroes fighting each other, and yep. then like Black Panther got an arc where he was Fuck. like, "It's yes. all about forgiveness," and he was like, "This is what happens when you fester in hatred." Mm-hmm. And then you got that great scene where Black Panther <sighs> so didn't good. even fight at the end. He was just sitting there with Baron Zemo, being like, "This is what happens when you fester in hatred," and these guys fighting each other, these friends fighting each other, mm. being torn apart. That is what happens, yeah. and that was there was actually like it was a, it was actually kind of at its heart, sort of a film about. Forgiveness and learning from your mistakes, and and, and there were there were actual themes. I know it was cough Batman versus Superman <laughs> cough. Like it actually had things to say and things that made you think and things that rounded mm. off in a really nice, satisfying and it way. Just continued God, on from Avengers that film so much. And there was, Avengers it, it, it was about the same yeah. fucking theme at yeah. the end of the day. And and that's why I would have loved this if this had been just that little bit like a dovetail into this, and that would have been so much nicer for yeah. me anyway. And yeah. I just love the whole. Them being multiple Winter Soldiers, and I love that yeah. we're all thinking, "Oh yeah, shit, yeah, they're yeah, gonna yeah. be like, oh, fuck, it's coming." Yeah. But we, we, we didn't, we didn't know shit. We had no idea. 
Because like when no. the twist happened, when they were like, when because I the cool thing about Civil War, and this is this is what I actually really like, is the fact that like I because normally I don't really care about spoiling superhero films. So like I think yeah. I spoiled um, Ultron for myself. Like I think I found out that like Quicksilver dies and a bunch of other things. I was like, yeah, yeah. right, whatever. So I knew that was coming, and I think I spoiled. Ant- I think I've spoiled quite a few superhero films myself. I definitely <laughs> spoiled Batman vs Superman because I didn't care, but I still saw it. But like with Civil War, because by this point I was kind of over the Marvel thing. I didn't look into Civil War at all. I forgot it was coming out until it was out. I didn't yeah. look, see anything on Wikipedia. I didn't read any reviews i just went and saw it knowing nothing about the plot other than the fact that these characters fight i knew nothing more than that and so a lot of those twists really took me by surprise That's and good. the moment where um like the moment where you know he was like i'm not the only winter soldier i was like oh shit but then i was like oh but i can see where this is going i'll all fight the winter soldiers and at the end where they're all dead i was like oh shit you killed my mom i was like oh that was set up in winter soldier but i completely forgot about yeah. it Fuck, I didn't think it would pay off in this way. Holy fuck. And they set it up shit. so fucking perfectly in oh, the yeah, beginning didn't of the even movie. It occurred to me all through the film. Like, because I was like, oh, you know, you've brought back uh, Roger Sterling to be Iron Man's dad. Like, I guess, you know, it was a fun cameo. He had a fun yeah, cameo yeah, yeah. on Ant Man. That's what it'll be. I didn't realize that, of course, <laughs> you brought him back to remind us that Tony Stark had a dad who died in a car accident, mm. which you set up at the start of the film with the car accident. In- and it never even occurred to me and that, <laughs> that was what was going on. <laughs> so so well put together. Oh, oh my gosh. God. This film. Because I it was interesting. So You're much. right. Like going forward into this, I didn't really watch trailers. Yet, if you compare that to maybe going in and watching Age of Ultron, like I watched those trailers multiple times. I love the Pinocchio rendition. I love yeah, cool. some of those, the, the big trailer, like the Hulkbuster suit trailer and all that kind of stuff. Really cool. And maybe my expectations were quite high. And maybe that's why maybe I'm now enjoying these films again is because yeah, my maybe. expectations were quite high and now they're low again. So maybe I will love this shit out of X-Men Apocalypse because my <laughs> expectations have plummeted with the early reviews. Mm. So who knows? I might be like, nah, Best maybe film Civil ever. War's like back up there now. You're am expecting I, a lot. Yeah. Now you're going to crash extra hard. For a movie maintenance. We'll see. Am I? We, will, we will see. Gabriel. <laughs> you've burnt me before. I've um, oh, seen Fantastic Scrap. I've, I've done Idiot. things for this. I've done things for this podcast that I'm not proud of. I've made no, choices yeah, that I no, sometimes no. hug myself in the shower while shaking and sort of with a solitary tear running down my face, yeah, yeah. going down the sink and away. Hello, darkness, my old yeah, friend. Yeah, that playing all the uh, way through. Little, I've little, done things little bit of, A little bit of a and simmer for, for next week. is going to be one of those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, a little bit of a sizzle, a little bit of a sizzle next week. Yesterday, I spent my day watching Golden Compass because I think I hate myself. That I wasn't was going to rewatch that for oof. next week. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I did. It's seared I was like, in my brain. I was enough. like, I think I forgot that film. No, no, I remembered it. I remember How long, when did that movie it. come out? Because I remember 2007. that I was... 2007. Yeah. I feel like a child when I watched that. I was excited by a polar bear in armor. Well, That's I how young I was when I saw that. And then that film... We should really say this till next oh, week. Oh, we but. should. But like going... Just jumping on from that point, which was the reason why I think Golden Compass failed a lot, was the interference from the studio, which is kind of what I want to bring back to the superhero films in just how much control the studio's getting that are sort of interfering with a lot of what we're seeing. Because I think studio interference really dampened Age of Ultron, and it definitely dampened the Ant-Man that we could have gotten. True. And going from Batman v Superman, I think Batman v Superman could have been maybe less insane because there was a lot of stories going that, oh, More DC... studio interference might have helped in that. But I don't yeah. know, but the thing is, like, keep DC, it, but DC, keep it exec, focused. DC execs were like, oh, Schneider showed 
them DC, the DC execs uh, a rough cut of BVS. They like gave him standing ovation. It was great, and gave him all this more money to do bullshit. So I don't know what happened there. See, I mean, that's it. Like, you know, maybe like Marvel might have too much sort of studio control, but DC might actually be giving filmmakers a little bit too much autonomy because, you know, remember that, uh, you know, oh, all those yeah, old yeah. stories about like George Lucas' original version of the first Star Wars and how studio interference actually made it a better film. Yep. For- like, but it's that, that's it. That, the, the, I think the thing is having a good producer who can look at something and be like, I know. And that maybe is what Kevin Feige is good at. Maybe he's stopping the films from being too ambitious. But like I read another great article, I think it was on Vox.com, about how the Marvel Cinematic Universe is pretty much the world's biggest TV show. Like we don't we don't watch Marvel films like we watch other films. We watch yeah. like we watch TV. It's like cool. Yep, this is setting up this, and you know this is paying off this, and we're coming back for the next installment, and next installment, and next installment. Which you know the Saw franchise I think did before. I mm. would argue as one of the only things that did it. But I think you know the Marvel films sort of exist within the parameters of that. And we need to understand that this isn't necessarily cinema as we know it. This isn't necessarily cinema mm. as the directors because you know they always say TV is the writer's medium, cinema is the director's medium. In TV, you have a showrunner who's a writer who you know creates the whole story. In this case, I think we pretty much got Kevin Feige doing that, mm. and it's an adjustment because cinema hasn't done it before, and it's it's really good in some ways because it's fresh and it's new, and we haven't seen a franchise like this before. But in other ways, yeah, it might be constraining creative control. And I definitely don't want all franchises to go like this. Mm. I, I don't. I don't want a Robin Hood universe. With no, it really. you don't want it all to become but the same, same. I don't like want that. It to be same, same. But I think it's a really interesting exercise yeah. in film and cinema mel- melding, and particularly nowadays where like television has really overtaken film as like the preeminent mm. popular art form. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to see film franchises kind of taking their cues from TV and, you know, with the tight continuity and the way things yeah. are set up and paid off, and yeah. where they think about the franchise as a whole, not the film as a whole. It's that, detrimental in some ways, great in others. That said, it, I, love, I do love it because coming from a comic book fan, I love that kind of stuff. But that said, the problem I have with comic books, especially big comic book companies like DC and Marvel, is nothing fucking changes. Yeah. And you have the yeah. larger-than-life characters. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, who yeah. are going to become... Quite popular. Kill people off, change it, show us an arc, please. Like, not even kill people off. Like I, I think I mentioned this in the original uh, when we did the uh, my, my ideal X Men three, um, <laughs> but the original in like vision that uh, Claremont, Chris Claremont had for his X Men was that. They would go through the X-Men, they would grow up, they would have an arc, and then they would retire. And maybe you'd see them uh, every now and again for like a big mission or a big event, a big crossover. Like he genuinely wanted Cyclops to, you know, have his wife or his girlfriend, Jean Grey, die on the moon and then try and get over that and meet Madeline Pryor and then go away with Madeline Pryor, have a baby, get married and live a life in Alaska. And that was his, you know, you'd just be like, that. that's what happened to Cyclops. Scott Summers is over there in Alaska having a family, having a life. And I love that idea. And I wish comic books had kept that. But because, you know, either characters get really big or they get really popular, mm. is you can't let them die. But you can't let them the, grow. You can't yeah, let them but You can't change the status question. quo. I mean, you know, we, there was talk. There was even talk. We forget this. But there was talk back in 2012 or before 2012 that, like, 2010, I think, that Robert Downey Jr. might not actually do Avengers. Mm. And there was that setup in Iron Man 2 where they were like, oh, we want the Avengers, but we don't want you on it. We only want you as a consultant. And then it was like brushed off with one line. And the talk at the time was they weren't sure if Robert Downey Jr. was going to be there. Mm. So Mm. they kind of kept him, they sort of kept that open. And then, you know, there was talk that Robert Downey Jr. wouldn't come back after Iron Man 3. Mm. And then not only is he coming back for, he's come back for Civil War, but he's come back for 
Spider-Man. Spider-Man, <laughs> and he'll be coming back for um, Infinity War as well. So, like, they're keeping him around, and they're not shuffling him off into the consultative role that was set up that he might be doing. But at a certain point, these characters are going to leave, and I think they're doing a good job are of they, setting up though? the... I hope they do. And Will like they the thing let is, them leave? I hope they do. They're going to get... Look, Robert Downey Jr. is in his mid-50s. Like, at a certain point, he's said, he's like, he's like, I don't know how many more of these I've got in me. So, like, the fact... And as long as you keep getting those $50 million Marvel payouts, <laughs> while everyone else is getting paid, like, $3 million a film. But, Fuck, like, whatever. I'll do a lot um, of these, mate. <laughs> but, like, at a certain point, you know, that, that's why I think Marvel are going out of their way to set up, you know, they set up Guardians, they set up Ant-Man, both of them are only one film in who are quite young in their cinematic lives. Mm. Spider-Man's yet to have his first film come out. True. Doctor Strange is yet to have his first film come out. You know, they are setting up new characters. Mm. What is going to be really interesting going forward particularly as far as the Marvel keeping the superhero bubble alive thing goes, is whether audiences will take to these new characters in the same way they took to the old characters. And I really hope they do. Me too. Me too. If you look at the – again, coming from a comic book point, it's like, you know, I've seen Steve Rogers – Die numerous of times. He's <laughs> in the comics. He's he's grown old. Like he, you know, he de-aged himself. Oh, he, he got old and he, the serum wore off. Whatever. So he was more of a capacity of like a consultant. So it was this old man, kind of you know consulting. But now I think they're doing some bullshit where he's going to be young again. And but like, you can't do that don't. in movies. Please you can't don't. do that in films because the act you can't de-age actors. You can't. But you can replace them with a lookalike. Spider-Man's had like three different actors. Yeah, in the last just, decade. But and I hope within they don't the same do that. franchise within the franchise as tied on continuity. I know Marvel have recast. Before, yeah. yeah, but that was one film in. That was yeah. before he was an established beloved character. If you recast Rob Downey Jr. at this point, what's going to be really interesting is seeing. Unless they do teenage Tony Stark. Well, that de aging, <laughs> that fucking de aging, you know. Avengers uh, babies. Oh. <laughs> the you laugh, game just you laugh but there are Ooh. comic books where it's X babies uh, yeah, and all of course that kind there of are. stuff. Uh, well, maybe that's why they brought out that de-aging technology oh, in Ant-Man maybe. and Civil War was maybe. to see how much they could keep that <laughs> looking young. What I would really like to see is... Oh, my God, how much of the fuck you would that be the actors? Just like, <laughs> would I just CGI everyone? Suck a dick? Yep. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. either dies or retires and they get someone else to become Iron Man. Like or another character. Yeah, like another be, character mm, to take up the mantle. Yeah, see, I wouldn't mind... Because like, they did it in the comics, which was, uh, I think, Rhodes... A uh, war machine took over the Iron Man mantle for a while. Yeah, and I wouldn't have a problem with that, and mm. it's particularly if they set it up like this, and they kind of do a Batman Beyond, where you know old Bruce Wayne is mentoring you know the young Batman, and I think that'd be kind of nice if they went that route where they kind of go away from you know I'm the star to a background character to I'm now retired and oh, there yeah. you are, and you kind of have this cycle going on. And I think that might be more easier for an audience to swallow. But yeah. I, I, for one, would love. If they do this, I for one would love if the stakes, you know, were that way inclined of being like, yeah, the consequences matter. Like I like the the best superhero comic I've ever read is Invincible. And there is shit that happens in issue one that is paying off like 150 issues down the line. That's what I really like about a comic I read called Velvet. But that's a little off topic. Yeah. Vel- uh, Velvet is, imagine, you know, Money Penny from James Bond? Yep. So they obviously can't use these ah. character names because it's not not made by the same people or whatever but imagine james bond is killed and money penny is framed for the murder and money penny has to solve the murder before mi6 hunts her down and kills her in like issue two she gets shot and you think oh yeah like maybe a couple issues later issue one and two came out like in i think 2010 
She still has to deal with that bullet wound she got. It's super oh, funny. That's awesome. She's still like, it's in her shoulder. Yeah, she's still, every time she extends or something like that, shoulder. she tears the open And wound. that's really cool. And yeah. like, I love Invincible, like one well, part. Things have consequences. His yeah. girlfriend, uh, wife? No, girlfriend. She like loses a leg. And so, you know, she has to have this like, you know, titanium or like amputee kind of leg thing going on. And it's really mm. cool that that sort of kind of keeps happening. Rhodes it's- is Rhodes is paralyzed. Yeah. And yeah. I want to see that stick around because like, look, it's Rhodes. I think War Machine. Rhodes. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Like the, him being paralyzed, I, I really want to see that <laughs> stick around. Like, I mean, I think about like what I love so much about something like Breaking Bad is the fact that every event has a consequence. Mm. Every success the characters have has a consequence and leads into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And, you know, once things are done, they can't be undone. There's mm. no reversing to a status quo. Yeah. And Which is what I'm hoping they don't I'm do really, if they get really the fucking gems. Time gem. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they'll do that. I think, you know, there's Superman the movie from 1978 still cops <laughs> enough flack from that. I think we're safe. Just whoop, around the world. So I don't know. I, I hope that... Maybe we'll see in again Ant Man and the Wasp. Maybe we'll see a bit more of the status quo about what's going on there. Because mm, if yeah. they just lean into that consequence of Scott Lang now being on the run, because now he's no longer just a criminal. Now he's an international yeah. criminal. Yeah, yeah, like he's yeah. Uh, an international assassin or fucking like what, terrorist. Or what something. is? Are they, are they Probably class- label him a terrorist. Are they or classified something? as terrorists? I don't know. Like, we'll find I don't out. know if supervillain is a classification <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Look, I mean, I think at some point, one way or another, like, I, I do believe that at some point, mm. you know, it will get too much. But like, I, I can't imagine in ten years' time, people will still be going and you know, spending a billion dollars mm. in the box office to see Marvel films. But then again, maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe, maybe I'm maybe, totally wrong. Maybe it will just keep going, and maybe in in <clears throat> they might just learn better and better how to make the movies. Exactly. Less, and, and less I'm honestly, yeah. if the quality lingers at the level of civil war or if we get another civil war every two or three films (laughs) then i'm happy give me more feed me more and i mean it's what i'm the only worry i guess i have is that you know for people who aren't fanboys like us people who don't know the differences between your foxes and your dcs Mm. and all the various rights issues thereupon um you know People like my dad, who was like talking to me. My dad hated Civil War, and he but he's oh, the only Marvel films he's seen was um, Iron Man One, Captain America One, and Guardians of the Galaxy. He's oh, and Ant Man. So he's so I was like, the two you really have to see are Winter Soldier and Ultron to get what's going on in Civil War. But that said, all a the lot other of people emailed us important. and being like, nah, this is the first movie I've seen oh, of well, Marvel, and was like, spot but, on, got everything. You know, so, but my dad was like really confused by it. And he was like, he was like, why Spider Man? Why is Ant Man in? Like, is Wolverine going to be in it? Is Batman going to be in it? Like, you know, to to general film goes, some people don't know <laughs> Wolverine, the maybe. Batman known. So, I'd say the majority. Oh, exactly. And so there's oh, a worry that oh, mediocre oh. films like X-Men and Fox will keep uh, X-Men and uh If X-Men fails, fucking Marvel might do the Sony deal. Maybe. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> Just words exciting now. But, uh, but like Zamet really wants X-Men v Avengers. And I no, Justice League fails no, Marvel. Justice that League series fails, was shit. might do the Sony deal. <laughs> <laughs> but what if Marvel does it right? But like Civil War the comic wasn't great, but the f- Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you yes. know how we were leeching off Gabe's excitement a moment ago? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm leeching off yours now, nah, just letting fair. you know. Nah, fair. Fuck, oh. your excitement feels good. It's delicious. Fuck. So, I, I don't know. I think we said this uh, in an uh, episode, I think with um, Mr. Sunday Movies, James. He was saying that I think Marvel have a better head on their shoulders and they, they, they know what's going on. They have a... Re- and I, look, I have to give them credit where credit's due. They have a really good head on their shoulders yeah. and... 
honestly, yeah, if they keep producing stuff of this quality. And that and that's the thing. I think they learn from the mistakes a lot better than any of the other big studios yeah, are definitely, doing. Definitely. And I would argue, yeah, I reckon the, the, the superhero bubble probably burst. Already. Already. I think that's a really interesting Adapt or die. And yeah. I'd be curious to see what happens now on any other superhero film that comes it's out that isn't Marvel. It's going to be a fascinating few years going so, forward. Yeah. And on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Gabe. I've been Adam. And if you have any thoughts, questions, quandaries about the state of the superhero film, just uh, email us in, sanspantsradio at gmail.com or tweet us at sanspantsradio or I'm at goddammitzamit. I'm at gobergmoser. I'm at retroarchetype. All right. Have a good one. Bye. If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.